Thanks for joining us once again here on Leading Edge. I'm Jeff Smith. Today we are hoping to educate and invigorate conversations that have been going on for years. And you might sit there at home, kind of like I was in the newsroom earlier this week, scratch your head and go, man, is that still being talked about? Tim Brown, president of Team ACOG, joining us here in this first segment here. Tim, good to see you. Good to it's see you again. It has been a We've little while. We've known each other for years. Yes. But I wanted to bring you back on here because I came across an article talking about the continued efforts. And we have covered it for years as far as the communities, local communities, saying, hey, governor, hey, state legislators, we need a faster, better route from Toledo to Columbus. Yes. And just this past couple of weeks, we've heard the governor is really starting, we're starting to catch his ear on it. Bring us up to speed. Sure. Well, let me give you 10,000-foot level as to why we're looking at this. Several years ago, the nation said, hey, our West Coast ports are clogged with uh, offloaded port goods. Let's widen the Panama Canal get more of these ships to more efficiently make it to the eastern seaboard and then move from there back into the interior of the country. And the routes are pretty secure in most areas uh, for doing that. We have a bottleneck in Ohio uh, in the Columbus area, and we don't begrudge the Delaware area in North Columbus its growth, but every time they put in another stoplight and another McDonald's, uh, it erodes our ability to reach the interior of the state and have that connectivity uh, to offloaded freight on the east coast. So we've been pushing this issue for a while. It's a clogged artery. 38 traffic lights between here and the outer belt of Columbus that we have to wade through yeah. uh, just to get to 270. So I've got a daughter who's a freshman at OSU, so, so I know, you know it very well. So go on. You know the route. <laughs> uh, so we can't, with a straight face, point to this corridor anymore as a viable freight connection. Uh, at a time when we in Northwest Ohio, over 20, 30 years, have enhanced our yeah. connectivity to all regions throughout the Midwest, we can easily reach Detroit. Uh, the new Glass City uh, Bridge mm -hmm. that connects us going east to Cleveland. The Gordy Howe, which Gordie is going Howe, in, which, which is going to be another bellwether for this area. Huge. As far as logistics are concerned, right? Well, what it means with more lanes of freight processing uh, on the bridge um, is that you don't have to be a just-in-time supplier uh, with your business or supply at, uh, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. You can be here and still make it easily up the road and get quickly processed either direction on this new bridge. So it really puts us at a great spot mm -hmm. for our connectivity everywhere except for the interior of the state. We're the only major metropolitan area in Ohio that does not have direct highway access to Columbus. L let me ask you this, because as we have seen over the past couple of years, we've seen some of our local communities. Uh, we're going to talk to Sylvania Mayor Craig Stout here in just a bit, sure. talk about another issue coming up in uh, our third segment today. But uh, Sylvania, Toledo, Lucas County, Perrysburg, all of these suburbs, all of these inner communities writing letters to the governor yes. saying, we need this. My question to you is, we saw the success of getting the fort to port built, right? right? Right. As far as Toledo to Fort Wayne, Indiana. We love US 24 now, <laughs> do, right? Yes. But, but did it take that kind of momentum? Remind us, did it take that kind of effort, that grassroots level to get that done? Yeah, it really did. And so, you know, one of the members of our regional uh, legislative delegation, Representative Jim Hoops, who's now in leadership in the House, um, actually took then I believe it was U.S. Senator Mike DeWine on a drive through that corridor to show him how unsafe it was mm -hmm. to, to, to do that kind of grassroots uh, work with our, our legislators and the decision makers. The same thing was happening here. And the, the folks you just mentioned, uh, both uh, Commissioner Gherkin uh, and Mayor Stout, very involved at Team ACOG over the years, very involved in working together to advance this and uh, the network of support, even from our area legislative delegation. 
the governor put in his proposed transportation budget $10 million to further study this and move this down the line. Phenomenal news when I want, we heard it. I want to read, in fact, a, a statement that we got from the Ohio Department of Transportation earlier this sure. week on that point. Okay. Uh, in fact, Governor DeWine, according to Matt Bruning, press secretary for ODOT, says Governor DeWine has been very clear. Now, I'm going to have to grab the glasses. This is horrible, Tim, <laughs> getting old. Um, Governor DeWine has been very clear. The conversations about a Delaware bypass must continue. The governor's transportation budget committed $10 million to study transportation needs across the state. Specifically mentions the link between Toledo and Columbus. ODOT will continue making short-term improvements while simultaneously working with our local partners to find a viable long-term solution that benefits us all. Yeah. I, I want you to stay right there because when we come back, one of those solutions could be rail. Sure. Not so much road. We're going to talk about that on the other side right after this. All right. It hasn't been a hotbed conversation for years, but we're trying to warm it up. We're moving it from the back burner to the front burner. Tim Brown from Team McCock joining me talking about that route we want to get made between Toledo and Columbus. During the commercial break, you and I were talking about the Intel groundbreaking that sure. happened just east of Columbus proper, and that was last year. Yeah. We, we were told again and again, I told you, Tim, from the, from the politicians, from all the uh, players down there that day, Everybody's going to benefit from this, Northwest Ohio included. You said there might be some hurdles. One of them, the fact we don't have this route. Right. Um, a lot of companies will, will have what they call just-in-time suppliers, and that radius is usually two hours. Uh, it could be more, it could be less. But some of our businesses are beyond that two-hour connectivity to the, to, to the area in Columbus mm -hmm. where Intel is going to locate. So we just want to make sure that all of our businesses can fully participate and, and, and that ability isn't eroded uh, by having 38 traffic lights to wade through before they can get to Intel. Well, that's the big thing. You, you, you think, I guess, from a, from a layman's perspective that, well, they can, they can still get there, but they can't get there like they can. Once again, I'll use US 24 as an example. Right. You know, that, is, that has provided a huge moment for this side of the state. It really has, yeah, absolutely. So we just want to continue that. We've had strong momentum from the region's leaders uh, yeah. that passed resolutions, wrote letters, even the legislative delegation shepherded the governor's language in his transportation budget to make sure it wasn't altered in the House version of the budget. And the Senate made one amendment, and that was to put a deadline for ODOT uh, to have this study completed by. So I can't thank enough the regional partners, both legislators, local business leaders, and elected officials, and the Toledo Chamber uh, and Tagno. Incredible partners in pushing this issue to the forefront. So are you seeing this as picking up momentum, or are we still at a snail's pace? No, I think we've picked up momentum. I mean, having language in the budget uh, up to $10 million to study this and move it along, mm -hmm. the legislature putting in a deadline, yeah. which means the next iteration would be talking about funding it. So we have coalesced around the notion that at this point, and, and again, we don't begrudge Delaware its growth, but every time they grow and put in another traffic light, right. our ability to reach Columbus uh, is diminished. Let's, let's, so. let's talk rail. Uh, sure. We said that going into the break, but obviously passenger rail is another thing. We, we talked about uh, BG looking at supporting that being implemented here. Is, and I asked you, is this an either-or thing, or is this a both-and, to have the route on the roads, but to also have the passenger route rail-wise? Well, look, we're talking about freight connectivity and a freight corridor uh, to the interior of the state, the only metropolitan area of the, uh, of the state that doesn't have it. Um, yeah, we have to have the freight corridor. You can't put, you know, all of that freight on, on passenger rail. Mm -hmm. But 
eventually having a passenger rail connection to Columbus. You said the three C's that. are probably going to get that before we ever Yeah, did. we were very pleased when the governor raised his hand and opted Ohio in uh, and said that the, the state will support a study of connecting Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati and also said that the state will support uh, an application to study uh, connecting uh, Toledo to Detroit. Mm -hmm. So we probably can't get a connection from Toledo uh, to Bowling Green to Columbus if we can't connect the three C's and connect Toledo to Detroit. Those make the most sense in this first round. Right. But we remain committed at TMACOG to uh, having an application probably for the next round uh, to connect uh, Toledo to Bowling Green to Columbus. That, that is a goal for our region. What does TMACOG and its partners do from here on? Let's move the ball forward a little bit, Tim. What, what does TMACOG do with its partners, with these surrounding communities to say, okay, let's put the pressure, let's, let's keep the foot on the pedal. Sure, uh, we work all the time with our sister organizations uh, in Cleveland and Columbus. Um, we work with uh, uh, Cleveland extensively on this enhanced corridor that we, we presently have between Cleveland, Toledo, and uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are supportive of our application uh, for the connection from Toledo to Detroit. They've got people in Cleveland that want to come to Toledo and, and uh, take passenger rail to Detroit. So our partners around the state are solid on this. Our partners in Columbus Let also me ask agreed. You this. Let yeah. me ask you this, hypothetically. Is the route there, right? I mean, can, you can kind of eyeball. When you drive through uh, from uh, Waterville all the way to Fort Wayne, sure. you can kind of see there was open land here. There was the right. ability to do this. And you wave in and out through Napoleon Defiance, so on and so yeah. forth. Is that there? I mean, have there been aerial studies done that say this is where we can put it? That's what these dollars will help pay for. That's what it is. Yep, help us to figure out what a route might look like, uh, what would be the most cost-effective avenue, and at the same time pick up the most ridership. It's got to it's got to be viable, and the governor's been very clear about that. Yeah, and, and I was telling you, we were just doing stories about Hancock County just a little bit ago, talking about some of those intersections on 15 that connects to 23, right? And the fact they want to put overpasses there because, as you said, it's a major safety issue. Well, ODOT's been a great partner in this. You know, I sent a letter when I first got to Temecog. Uh, to Governor Kasich, and, and, and there was no interest. And then I sent the same letter virtually to Governor DeWine, and within two months, we were in Columbus yeah. meeting with the director of ODOT, talking about Route 23 from a safety standpoint uh, and from a connectivity standpoint. And ODOT immediately said, we will begin limiting the access north of Delaware, between Delaware and Findlay, so that we don't create a problem uh, at the north end right. of, uh, of the stretch of road either. So they've been very attentive to our needs on 23. And as Tim was saying, uh, as we were in a commercial break, he said there's a lot of federal money still out there being used as far as infrastructure is concerned. We're going to yeah. stay on top of this, Tim. I All appreciate right. the insight. We're You're very about, welcome. We're talking about this thing once again. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another one of those projects you may have thought was dead in the water. It's not. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back here on Leading Edge. Glad to have with me now Sylvania Mayor Craig Stow and President of the Lucas County Board of Commissioners, Pete Gerken. I brought you guys on here because, as I said, going to break, a, a topic that I thought was dead in the water mm -hmm. is apparently still very viable, very talked about, and that is creating another intake as far as water consumption is concerned mm -hmm. here in our region. Craig, I remember years and years and years ago, you and I sitting down for a conversation, you talking about extending a long straw from Sylvania to the, the lake at that time. And then we started talking about maybe a reservoir is one of the options. So I guess, I, gentlemen, bring us up to speed on where these talks are and where the status of this is. 
The key is a redundant water source. We need someplace else to draw water if we have a problem with the one intake we have now. Mm -hmm. And that's where we were gonna go. Um, well, Sylvania was gonna put another pipe into the lake. We talked about going up to Monroe or Detroit to get water coming in. But the Ohio EPA has told Toledo that if you build a reservoir with a 15-day supply of water, it can be lake water coming from the same place. It can settle out, and if there's a problem, that'll take care of an emergency. That's fine, and we were on track to get that built. We built that into the new rates that are set for the next couple of years. It's a $100 million project, and it was going to get done, no doubt about it. Unfortunately, there has been a new challenge come along. Uh, we've been told by an engineering firm taking a look at the existing low pressure water line coming from the low pressure water treatment plant to the water treatment plant itself, that it had a zero life expectancy left in it. We've got to fix that. Yeah. Now, it's a redundant line, there's one next to it that's old, right. but we need to take care of it. This is a priority project. Is, is that an issue, and I'm sorry to, to be naive as far as this is concerned, but is that an issue just supplying water period coming up? It could be, but there's two lines, but we need to have the, both lines yeah. operational. It hasn't failed yet. The engineering firm says, well, it could. Bad well, old wells built, built back before World War II. Right. So it needs to be taken care of. And their, Toledo has recommended taking the $100 million that was in the rate structure to build the water reservoir to replace that line. That's well, our challenge right now. Let's do some history lessons on this. Got it. It's been a while, and I give all credit to Mayor Stowe. I was happy to be his wingman on this project two mayors ago. Mm -hmm. I started with Collins and then Mayor Hicks Hudson to build this regional water commission. Why did we press so hard to get it? There was two things. City was the Toledo of controlling all the rates, so there was a problem with one entity controlling everybody else's future. We solved that. The second, and, and Mayor Stowe's been on this forever, and he's right, you need a redundant water source. We saw what happened in 2015 devastating the community. So the two reasons that we put this thing together and got it where it's at is, is, is the first one's being taken care of, right? We're dealing with rates collectively. Everybody has a seat at the table for rates, but the, there's no race without water, right? There's rates are secondary to water being accessed. Sure. So this redundant water system now is more important now than ever. If you have a, uh, a threat to the supply of water coming in, and it is a threat. He mentioned there's a double line, but there's two lines for a reason. It's more important now to have that supply of water than ever. There was some thought of pushing the, the reservoir off for 15 years. That's not what we formed this commission for. And we reminded the mayor of this. Mayor, we did this collectively. Collectively, we'll make the decision. I know you want to fix it. We have to fix those 98-inch lines. Mm -hmm. We have to do that. But you cannot do it at the expense of our primary purpose. Our singleness of focus was to get this line together to protect our community. We can't lose that because of that. Correct me if I'm wrong. 2019, we go back. Mayor uh, Kepscavige is out there, says we've gotten all nine communities, member communities, to jump on board with uh, the rate process, the rate scale that we have. But when we're talking about creating this secondary water source, this, this one that will benefit in case of emergency, there was also talk about just going separate, period, correct? Because of where we're drawing this water from. I mean, we're sitting here 2023, we're coming up on almost a 10-year, we're not too far from a 10-year anniversary of the algal bloom mm -hmm. issue where we shut off all water, but where are we as far as that talk is concerned? Are we still okay 
with what's sitting out there in the lake, where it's sitting, and from where we're drawing. Which right now it's all we got. Well, I know I and, realize and, that, Pete. And, we're not the, okay with that. The best solution is another water intake and a, and another water treatment plant, but that's extremely expensive. That's another half a billion dollars or something like that. And yes, we need to do it for the future. And as the region grows, we're going to have to do it. But we got to take care of this problem in the near term. Yeah. And it's Toledo is through the stress of raising their rates up to 10% a year or so, and we got to work with them on this. There's Absolutely. just no doubt about it. We're going to take our uh, third break right here. We're going to be back, continuing this conversation on the other side for a final time here on Leading Edge right after this. Welcome back for our final segment here, and we are talking with uh, Sylvania Mayor Craig Stow joining us as well as uh, Pete Gerken. He is uh, president of the Board of Commissioners, Lucas County. Guys, we, we were going into break talking about this water issue that exists, and Craig, you said to me during the commercial break, you said this is, this is a fix that needs to be done regionally. What do you mean by that? It's a regional water system. We've got half a million people getting their drinking water from this system. We now have a regional water commission, and even though Toledo retains ownership of the water treatment plant, the pipes that run out are regional pipes. And a regional commission now has the oversight for the engineering of it and the oversight for the rate structure. We need to solve these challenges regionally, but that means we need to work with Toledo and their financial realities to get it done. And part of the solution can be to tie on regionally with other water systems that are out there that Such can help, as? like Bowling Green okay. or Monroe. Oregon. Oregon, we're already tied on there, but we can facilitate <coughs> that one. Maybe even get over to Port Clinton or Carroll Township. In an emergency- Are any of those willing to play ball? I would guess they are, but yes. The, but those conversations haven't happened. Well, I mean, part of it was during the creation of this commission, Waterville, left the system and connected to Boulder Green to take care of themselves. We should restart those things. Here's what people need to know about water rates and how this affects not just the city of Toledo. We all pay water rates based on the cost of that plant and those pipes. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize there are more water meters paying for the system outside the city of Toledo than inside. There's more of us, the Lucas County system, the Sylvania system, all the suburban system. There's more customers there than there are in the city of Toledo. So you have the external customers who shouldn't be external anymore, paying the majority of the money to, uh, to pay for the water processes. So right. Toledo needs to recognize that if their bills goes up, everybody else's does, so we're in this together. But we need to go after every federal dollar that's out there. This is an emergency. This is uh, put up the 2015 posters again. This is an emergency. There's money. And, and I think I'm a little stressing with the city of Toledo. They need to come with us to get that money not save it for something else. And that's something, that's something we talked to Tim about just in the last segment. He said there are federal dollars out there still available as far as infrastructure is concerned in this country, but you're saying it's not being used to that effect. Toledo is going after those federal dollars on a sanitary sewer issue that they have. We need to broaden the scope of that and talk about drinking water as well. That's, that's the solution. That's one reason I brought up external ratepayers. We yep. all need that. The city of Toledo has a problem with their sanitary sewer. Every community has yeah. that. But the larger view is the whole region is in, is in the uh, water Pete, system. Pete, I want to I go back to something you were talking about just before when we, when we were in the commercial break. You said people need to understand. You, you use the artery metaphor. Yeah. Talk, talk once again about what is going on with these pipes, that these intake. So there's water lines that come from what's called low-pressure statement center. There's nine miles outside of Toledo. These two massive water lines run from that into the water treatment plant, right? 
and they're, they're, they're right side by side. So they're old. Actually, they're you old. They're pre-World War II. Um, they're old. They both need fixed. They're leaking. Run, right. They built two because they needed to for a redundancy. If you take one out, then you have no redundancy. They're both old. So you could say and you which said one, similar to arteries. Similar, if I have two <laughs> arteries going into my heart and I go, well, one's really bad and the other's kind of bad, so let's just take out the really bad one. Well, I'm stuck with really bad artery that's going to clog up and burst. So this, to me, it even gives more pressure for a redundant water system as quickly as we can. We have to figure a way to do both. You have to do the replacements and repair, but you also really have to move forward with having a backup. I mean, if you're going to have that artery clog, you want, you want a CPR machine right. or an ADM machine right next to you. We need to get that backup machine located next to us. We need to do it quickly. I don't want people to be confused here this morning or whenever you're watching that we're talking microcystin out in the lake, no. the algal blooms. This is a totally different issue, mm -hmm. but it also brings about a moment of pause, I'm sure, as your commission, your board meets and discusses what's our next move. Yes? I think our board is to use the system that we built and that board, the Regional Water Commission, make sure that they send the message that we need to do both things at one time. And here's a shameless plug on something else. We also got to keep cleaning up Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. um, and the commissioners, you know, have, along with others, have been preeminent and get lake cleaned up. So let's just not worry about the water supply. At the same time, let's make sure the lake's clean enough to bring the water in. And Craig, on your agendas going forward, as far as the rest of 2023 is concerned, how much focus will water be? Water is something that I've talked to Mayor Kapsikavich about, and we'll talk about it every time I see him. This is a challenge we need to face, and the challenge got worse because this pipe needs to be replaced. Yeah. We were on track with a solution that was going to work. It was the Ohio EPA had approved it. Now the Ohio EPA may delay that solution by 15 years. Okay. We can't yeah. wait 15 years. We need to find a financially viable way to do it in five years or less. Gentlemen, thank you so right. much. Somebody said, let me finish it. Yeah. Never, let, never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, Let's absolutely. get creative. Well, Let's get here, creative. We, here we go again, right? Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us. We appreciate the insight, as always. And for you, if you missed any part of our interviews, check it out on the WTOL YouTube page.